you know, sometimes we would just wear a fun outfit just for fun. Like, uh, I distinctly have like uh, childhood photos, like in old photo albums of like, my dad had just decided to dress us in Batman costumes. Don't know why, but it happened. You are listening to Geekdom Empowers, the podcast about people empowered through their geekiness. Welcome back. My name is Guy Hasson, and this is Geekdom Empowers. This is the podcast where I try to find the way of the geek, the way us geeks can empower ourselves by sticking to the thing that makes us geeky. We've talked to Avril Halley, whose job it is to see bad movies. We've talked to Avi Katz, an illustrator who loves science fiction and fantasy, but lives in Israel, where there is hardly any. We've talked to David Peterson, who is able to make a living by making up alien languages. We've talked to three indie comic book creators, each with his own unique story, Ken Moa, Javier Hernandez, and Omar Morales. And then there's Paul Pate, who does both animation and comics and follows a path of self-improvement. We talked to Fumio Bata, a manga artist who had to leave Japan to make his unique mark. We talked to Cristina Jurado about world science fiction, which led us to Crononauta, a small science fiction and fantasy publisher in Spain, which publishes only female and non-binary science fiction and fantasy authors which led us to author Kariana Reuven last episode, who seems to be writing amazing science fiction. But if you can't read Spanish, you'll never read her books. The world is full of geeks that we don't often notice. And um, this podcast is about that and about empowering. This is Geekdom Empowers. How can you find your own empowerment through your geekiness? Today's guest is Coco Sugar Cosplay. Our first cosplayer, she has her own unique story, takes her own path, and there is so much joy in what she does. So let's listen. Hello, and nice to meet you. Hello, nice to meet you too. How should I call you? Uh, Coco Sugar Cosplay or uh, Coco Sugar Cosplay works, or Coco if for short, if that's easier. But Coco Sugar Cosplay is great. Okay, good. I'm very glad to say you are the first uh, cosplayer in uh, the Geekdom Empowers podcast, and I'm very happy to have you on. Thank you. I'm honored. (laughs) And I found you uh, on Instagram where I found really amazing cosplay pictures, like really impressive ones. And I thought there must be a story behind that. It's interesting to me how how, how that started. How did you start doing that and what's the path you are? Sure. Uh, So I've been cosplaying for a little over 12 years. And from a young age, I was lucky enough to grow up in a family that kind of embraced wearing costumes outside of Halloween. And well, um, let's stop this. Explain that. Like, give uh, give an example. Yeah. So, um, you know, sometimes we would just wear a fun outfit just for fun. Like, uh, I distinctly have like childhood photos, like in old photo albums of like 
my dad had just decided to dress us in Batman costumes. Don't know why, but it happened. Or, you know, it became kind of normal, like just to kind of dress up for fun. And I think it was encouraged for us to like have those types of active imaginations, whether it's, you know, for our favorite show. I, I definitely remember when I was when I was a kid, like being very much into into Power Rangers and having a Power Rangers outfit that I would wear and, and things of that nature. So um, from there, I, I really grew to. Um, I, I, I only dropped you once in a while when my, when my spidey sense goes like this, you know, because you oh, know okay. my father writes and I write, and his father writes. You know, some things go down generations, and it's really intriguing to me. I never thought about cosplay being a family thing. Like, did your father dress up, dress himself up as well? Did your uh, grandparents? So- no, not not so much. I think the environment that we grew up in wasn't necessarily one where my parents were cosplaying, but it was one in which I think they encouraged that type of fun, you know, mm-hmm. or they would dress us up in like fun outfits like, as kids, myself and my sister, um, and would encourage that type of play like uh, as kids. And my parents are definitely um, uh, into nerd culture. Um, mm-hmm. So growing up in that type of environment like my dad is a huge Doctor Who fan and like went to conventions and stuff and you know my mom is the same thing like uh back in the the 90s and stuff she she liked uh like like Hercules and them and like would go to those types of conventions and um so I think growing up in that type of environment like and then also growing up watching like superhero cartoons and anime and things like that it was really easy to kind of get into that culture when I was older. Um, I had heard of cosplay, but I actually never cosplayed until after I attended my first anime convention. Um, we saw the cosplayers, um, myself and my sister, we attended and we saw the cosplayers there and we were like, oh my gosh, like we have to do this. So then the following year was our first year cosplaying like at a con, like real and true. And from there, that was just kind of like, history we never stopped honestly that was back in uh 2009 it was we like you and your friends my together sister, my sister and myself oh, okay is she an older sister or a younger sister right? she's a younger sister yes uh you'll often see her tagged in my instagram pictures uh as we cosplay together quite often okay interesting so it's it's completely a family thing uh, yeah, for sure. Like we definitely are both into very similar fandoms. Honestly, a lot of times the same fandom. Um, and we both like cosplaying together. Um, usually like we don't always cosplay from the exact same thing. So like we'll go to cons together and maybe we'll cosplay from different shows. But sometimes we do cosplay from the same show. So there uh, we both have um, like My Hero Academia cosplays. Um, we both have cosplays from uh, Black Clover, for one. We both have Hannah Alexander cosplays. Um, so her and I, and then as as her and I had done over the years, then we got some additional folks in our in our group. So now it is her and myself and a really great friend of ours who you also see frequently in my Instagram. Um, so her uh, handle is uh, Anna Lee Cosplay, and then uh, my friend is Space Heart Cosplay. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll see them both featured uh, in my Instagram quite a few times, but we, they're, they're my con crew, as I call them. We go to conventions together and we cosplay together and um, we'll do uh, zoom calls that we've done over, over quarantine to like work on cosplays over the phone together. So. 
what was cosplaying quarantine like? Like, how did you, what did you do? Yeah. So, I mean, at the at first, you know, when we weren't quite sure how long it was going to end up actually being, um, you know, I was still thinking, oh, well, you know, I don't have any cons like in like March, April, like May, June. So my July con should be fine. So I just kind of kept working. But then once it became very clear that like, hey, no, like literally everything's going to be canceled. Um, I tried to like set a pace with myself. Sometimes I did it and sometimes I didn't. But um, just to kind of keep working on things as I could, but then also to take breaks. Um, I started a lot of new projects. Uh, I actually was lucky enough to get a um, uh, like a partnership uh, with a local fabric company here in, uh, in Pennsylvania. And um, I've been working with them this year uh, on various projects uh, throughout the year in which um, I get to uh, use their fabrics and promote them and they get to promote me too. So it's been a great partnership. Well, let's 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 uh, spend a couple of minutes on that because I think you know this is geek them empowered. It's about how you get empowered for your geekiness. So how did that happen? Like they approached you, you approached them, you were looking for a sponsor. Yeah, I actually approached them. Um, so they do this every year. Uh, in which they had an open call for uh, people who were interested in partnering with them. Um, I had been a uh, patron of theirs in terms of like uh, buying their wares for many, many years. Um, Again, they are local to me. So um, I had heard of them. And when I saw their post about wanting to find people in the community to partner with them, um, I applied and I uh, kind of talked about the fact that like, hey, like a lot of the people that you partner with are like seamstresses and tailors and and just regular folks like making like beautiful articles of clothing. Um, I am a cosplayer, so it's going to be a bit different. And I think that could be new and exciting for your audience to see someone uh, creating costumes out of what you have um, and showing just a different way that uh your products can be used, honestly. Um, so I thought, I think that plus the fact that I'm also local to them um, was probably what was appealing in in my uh, application and I was accepted and and I've had a, a string of very successful uh, posts with them so far this year. I saw on YouTube that uh, you're like uh, uh, paid, um, what's it called? Like the basically, you yeah, the know. advertisement, yeah, yes, yeah. it's a paid sponsorship. So I, yeah, I must I must denote it correctly to make sure that everything's kosher with YouTube and everything. And so it's like for them, it's not only spot like it's not just ads for them. It's also part of building a community or helping the community, right? Right. Um, the thing I really love, and and the business, they're called Fabric Mart Fabrics. And the thing I really love about them is that they their stock comes from like overstock from the fashion industry. So you're by purchasing with them, you're helping to like recycle things that otherwise would have been like tossed. So like they take that overstock and they they resell it at really great prices. Um, so like for someone like myself who, you know, I mean, I, I work full time, but at the same time, like 
you know, cosplay is for fun for me. I don't like it to be a break the bank kind of hobby. Um, I like being able to source materials um, in a way that's sustainable in terms of uh, budget, but then also if it can help the environment too, that's awesome. So, um, you know, their uh, whole um, way of business, I think is also just something that's really good and should be uh, promoted within the community. So, so back to cosplaying. Cosplaying can break the bank for like it can be very. Oh, it absolutely can. <laughs> absolutely, I, 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 you know, it depend. It depends on uh, how you want to go about it, but it absolutely can if you let it. Um, for myself, I try to strike a balance between. Um, things that are what I consider to be affordable. Um, again, I don't like, I don't like shelling out a ton of money for this stuff, but there are instances where spending a little bit more will save you time or effort on something. So um, there are certain um, instances where I might opt to get perhaps a higher quality and more expensive, like, uh, like, EVA foam, for example, um, for a particular type of application versus another type in which I can get something that's a little bit less expensive, but maybe it doesn't sand as well, you know, that type of thing. Um, it, it really depends uh, on how I'm using the materials, but I try to be really choosy about when I buy those things. So I, I use my coupons, I buy during sales, I, you know, look for people reselling overstock and things of that nature so that I'm able to get it at a price that I feel is, uh, is good. So basically cosplay for most people, from what I've seen, it's not just, you know, you dress up and all the makeup and just, you know, look uh, first the way you want to look. It's also, you have to, you do the clothes yourself usually, right? The costumes yourself. Uh, it can be. So, uh, so the way that I choose to cosplay, I typically do make, I mean, I have made all of my own costumes or altered them in some way from something. Um, but there are cosplayers who either commission other makers to make their mm -hmm. cosplays or closet cosplay um, from found things that they've just kind of picked up or already own or, um, you know, uh, purchase like pre-made costumes. Um, so there's there's all kinds of different ways of cosplaying. But for myself, I really enjoy the act of making. So I like being able to make my cosplays um, usually from scratch, honestly. So. And you enjoy that part of the process too, I'm guessing. Yes, yeah, so I love it. It's, um, it's honestly probably what's the most fun for me. I mean, I do enjoy wearing the cosplay and everything too, and, and photo shoots and cons and all that other good stuff. But the process of making something from nothing and then like having it match your vision. And then not only that, but like having it match someone else's vision of like what they see, like a character being is just like very exciting and fun. So um, I, that's my favorite part. That's why I, continue to do it even though it is a crazy hobby to have and takes a lot of time <laughs> yeah i've heard of people that uh you know so like many hours into the night and their hands bleed or hurt from you know that's uh, that's a story i heard you know about wow. how hard it's been 
to do that. Um, so I, 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 I'm going to ask a couple of stupid questions, okay? Because um, in cosplay, you know, um, when you you decide on the thing you want to be, like I want to be this character, and then you make the costume and the makeup, and then you have to embody it, right? When you do it, more or less, like at least in the pictures that I've seen, like that's not a trivial thing to do, right? Because you know some actors can't do modeling, some others can't do acting, so. You, just standing there looking like you fit in that thing, which is different than you, is hard. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I I don't consider myself an actor by any means uh, or stretch of the imagination. Um, but sometimes I think when you pick something that you want to cosplay, it's because you typically love the thing, whether it's a character or a look or whatever. And it's easier to kind of fall into that embodiment. Um, my pose game definitely is not the best, but if you have a really great photographer working and partnering with you, they can also help draw that out of you in shoots as well. Um, but it's also good, like if you're going to be at a con, like let's say you're not necessarily like doing a shoot, but you're just going to wear a cosplay to a con or whatever to like think about like, okay, um, how do I want to pose for photos? Like what would feel natural to this character? And like, how do I want, how do I want them to look, you know? So there's definitely a couple of like stock poses that I like to use for like princess type characters or like gowns or things of that nature. But like, if I have a character who has like a really cool, like prop sword, like I'm definitely going to be posing a lot different than I am in a ball gown. So, um, yeah, I mean, honestly, just thinking about what would be natural for that character in that situation is is how I usually like to go. How do you organize a shoot? Like, how do you how do you find people to do it, or, or you know, or places to do it? Uh, well, social media is a really great place to find uh, like different photographers that you can connect with. Um, typically, people will post like what types of events they're going to or what general area they're in. Um, so, uh, you know, for myself, if I'm, for example, going to Katsukan, I'll look up photographers who are also going to Katsukan. Typically, there's a like uh, like a hashtag you can search for. And then from there, I look through at their portfolios and just kind of see like, oh, like what type of style do they use? And like, will it suit this character? Like there are definitely some photographers I work in uh, with who have very like cinematic type photography styles that lend themselves well to like just really dramatic like action based like photography and like characters I think um, and then there are some I work with a very like soft kind of like ethereal quality to their work um, and then there's some that I work with that do both um, and they also come in a varying price ranges too so it's also like oh am I doing this in a group and I'll be able to like split the costs with a group of people or is it just me? And like, maybe I want someone who's kind of like more in like a, like a mid range in terms of like a real expensive range. And it, it really varies based on what you're doing. Like sometimes there are definitely people that I like to work with um, that I'm used to working with and I, and I look for, and if they're free, I do try to book them. Um, 
being a cosplayer of color, being a black cosplayer, also um, making sure that I am partnering with photographers that know how to photograph black people is really important um, because not everyone, not everyone does. Um, sometimes it can be difficult to like get the lighting so that we either don't look too dark or like washed out or like the wrong color. So um, having someone who has that experience is also really important and something that I look for when I'm looking through photography tags to try and find someone to partner with. Another stupid question about that. Like, do you, when you dress up, is it more to reveal something or to hide something? I'm not quite sure I follow. You mean like... like it reveals something inside me. Like when someone writes a story or composes uh, music or draws something, it reveals something about them from the inside. If I dress like Doctor Who, um, maybe, or like Spider-Man, it shows a side of me that most people don't see, for example. Uh, I see what you're saying. Um, honestly, for me, it's really about either connecting with that character and just wanting to embody that character that I really enjoy mm. or connecting with the design of the actual like costume and wanting to create that and like kind of share my work in terms of like an actual like physical costume. So it's it's less about it's less about me like as a person um, and it's more about the things I make, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. Um, now, I, I saw in an interview uh, you had, you talked about um, that environments are not always ideal for black cosplayers. Like, can you talk about that a little bit? Sure, absolutely. So, um, you know, just like any snippet of society, you get society's problems with it. So um, if you take the cosplay community, just like a community in general, you get people who have all sorts of beliefs in there. And uh, unfortunately, it means that as a Black cosplayer, um, you know, we have to deal with a lot of like negative comments, harassment, racist comments, um, you know, not getting asked to be cosplay guests or judges, um, the photographer's comment, photographers who just won't work with us, you know, um, you know, it, it, it happens. I've been lucky in that I've been able to, for the most part, steer clear of those types of situations, but they still happen. Um, you know, so it, it just adds an extra layer onto uh, something that should be super fun, right? Um, and it's just an extra thing that you have to do as a Black cosplayer to kind of motivate yourself to take part in this hobby. Um, because unfortunately, there are always nasty people out there who just want to bring people down and, and ruin it for them and um, just kind of spew negativity. Um, so it's really important to have spaces like uh, like the POC Cosplayers Group, um, Black Cosplay Boosters, or other groups that support uh, Black cosplayers, cosplayers of color. Um, there's SheProp, which is an amazing group for uh, like uh, women and LGBTQ um, cosplayers who can uh, share their work without having to like worry about like uh, 
unwanted comments from uh, male people. Uh, so you know, there's all <laughs> sorts of <laughs> there's all sorts of um, groups out there that can help to provide supportive environments for people who maybe are nervous about starting or nervous about getting nervous um, mean comments or anything along those lines. Um, if you're going to put your work out on the internet, just be prepared. You're going to get a mean comment. It will happen. Um, just don't let it, don't let it break you. But it's, hold on, how do groups work? Like groups, like closed groups in uh, social media groups in the cons, like there's room for them or what do you mean? So uh, most of these groups are either on Facebook or sometimes Facebook and Instagram. Um, but uh, typically there is a, an application that you submit to be a part of the group. And typically the criteria is just like, oh, like you are a member of this community. So like, as if I join like POC cosplayers, you are a POC cosplayer and you mm -hmm. have to agree to certain um, like standards of conduct, you know, like no bullying and no mean comments and those sorts of things and to like, promote and um, just be supportive of others. Um, but once you uh, agree to those rules of conduct and uh, you get accepted typically, and then you can be a part of the group. Um, and it's just, uh, it's, it's a really great way to participate. Um, outside of the group, there are also pages uh, which anyone can join and follow. And it's a good way. A lot of times what I find is that um, maybe uh, like uh, white cosplayers or other cosplayers, like they don't know a lot of black cosplayers. Like they're like, I don't know, like, I don't know how to find them or, you know, whatever, you know, issue there is. But um, these pages are really great ways of like finding other cosplayers who are people of color or plus size or, or whatever. Um, you know, you can follow these pages and they on the daily um, share like tons of cosplayers within the community. Um, and it's a good way of just expanding uh, your your list of people um, to follow. Interesting. It's also, I'm also guessing that uh, being black is not the only problem. Usually being a woman is a problem when you post pictures of yourself people will comment? Uh, people will comment. It, it definitely can be an issue. Um, I, I definitely have like a comfort zone when it comes to like the types of costumes I choose to do. Um, and I think because of that, I've avoided a lot of those comments. Um, I wish that wasn't a factor, but unfortunately it is. Um, and, but it absolutely does happen. Like, especially if you're like a cosplayer who like wears like, um, like a lot of like perhaps more revealing costumes, you get unfortunate, like really unwanted comments from people, um, who feel the need to comment about people's bodies. And it's just, it's very unfortunate. Um, and also I'm interesting. In conventions, in conventions, some Yes, Some at conventions. Don't, don't have limits and just act in early way. And, uh, way. Absolutely. Like the, you know, cosplay is not consent. Um, that's definitely something that comes up quite often because, you know, people see people out in certain costumes and they think, oh, well, they're showing this. They must, you know, want this unwanted attention. And, you know, that is absolutely not the case. Absolutely not. So... Coolest story I've ever seen. 
uh, coolest thing I've ever seen regarding that. It's not about cosplay, but there was a, like, a kind of a nerd meetup uh, for a bunch of us. And something was, uh, there was a, a guy and his sister, sister and brother. And there was one guy who was clearly problematic and kept hitting on the sister without any limits. And I saw out of, you know, from behind three people, a hand reach out and grab his ear and pull him away. The brother just picked him up by the ear and let him wow. away. Wow. That was really cool. Yeah, no, I mean, I have to say, like, the community at times can really um, s- surround and support people in those situations. And that's always really great to see, you know, um, whether it's, uh, you know, harassers um, or, you know, people who are leaving um, racist comments or things of that nature. Um, it is nice to see when the community responds by protecting those who are being uh, victimized in those situations. So that's always also, good to see. It's how, how do you personally deal with that? Like emotionally, I mean. Um, I, again, it's, I've been lucky. I haven't had to deal with it a lot. Um, but when it has happened, uh, I usually just kind of shrug it off. I mean, I don't want to like say it like this, but like when you are a black person, there's just a certain amount of things that you just kind of shrug off just generally just to exist in this world. So I'm used to shrugging off things anyway. So to do it for cosplay is not that big a stretch. It's unfortunate that it has to happen, but it's not that big a stretch. I would think like for the few bad comments I've gotten over time, uh, none of which were uh, racist. But um, the thing that really saddened me when you see it is that there are people who, have, who are in this place that be, you know, that have it in them to act like that. And mm-hmm. that is, it, it's so sad it ruins my day. That's um, for me. Um, no. Yeah. So what are you planning ahead now? Like, uh, what's your next year looking like? Yeah, so uh, cons are starting to come back. I did attend my uh, first con since quarantine um, not too long ago. I went to I went to Otacon, which is my tried and true con that I've attended um, every year since I started going to cons back in uh, early 2000s. Um, but uh, I have... a maybe like one more con this year that I'll actually go to. Um, but I have a plethora of cosplays that I will be working to finish for next year's Katsukan. Um, that is where I will be uh, debuting uh, quite a few new looks um, that I've been working on probably since 2019. Well, no, yeah, in some cases, but 2019, 2020, um, to just kind of finish those up um, and and get them out the door. There's definitely some that I've already like shown some progress on, on like my Instagram, like uh, for example, um, if you're a Final Fantasy fan um, and you like Final Fantasy X, I have a cosplay coming up of the Aeon Shiva. Uh, so I have been working on that for a while and I am working to finish that to, to finally wear it and show it um, out in public uh, for Kazakhan 2022, um, plus another couple of surprises. 
Uh, and then in addition to that, I have uh, the rest of the year that I'll still be partnering with Fabric Mart. Um, so I'll have a couple more projects for them coming. Um, and I have some plans for more YouTube videos because I started my YouTube channel this year. So Sounds good. That sounds like a full year. And it's nice to see you coming back. Oh, yes, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So how do you imagine, uh, is there, how do you imagine like the next few decades for you? Like what's the law or, or are you not thinking that? Oh, decades. Like, hmm. Do you imagine a 60-year-old cosplayer, you know? I'd like to. I mean, I... Um... I actually, I got engaged earlier this year. So um, I, oh, thank you. Thank you very much. And, um, you know, future state, I have always said any kids I have, I am making costumes for them. I am dressing them up. I take them to cons. Um, so I guess 10 years from now, I see myself as like a con mom, like carting around some kids and like helping them with their cosplays and like, taking them to things that they enjoy. I hope my kids like this kind of stuff. I'd be sad if they didn't, but um, we'll see. My, my, my hypothetical future kids. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I would love it if I could be like a 60-year-old person and like still cosplaying. Like, I, I think that would be great. Um, cosplay can be really uncomfortable to wear. So I would probably opt for like very comfortable things. Uh, Cause like, frankly, like I nowhere near 60, but I already don't want to wear uncomfortable stuff. Um, so I can't imagine that my tolerance for that will get any better as I age. So, um, but even if I'm not physically wearing the costume, I definitely want to keep making things because it's something that I really enjoy. Um, and I think will kind of always be like a part of what I like to do, especially since I've also invested so much time in like making a craft room and buying sewing machines and things like that. So. <laughs> so I think, I think, you know, just from the, you have like amazing do it yourself kind of uh, cosplay videos. And I think that can also be a side gig at the end of the day, uh, you know, teaching people to, to do that. Because people want to know. Anything else you want to tell people that we haven't talked about? Uh, something you want to mention? Huh. Uh, just no. uh, you know, if you're if you're new to cosplay or you're thinking about it, just just give it a try. Like I know it can seem really daunting. There's a lot of information out there about how to start and what to do and like what to buy. But honestly, like find something that you love that you want to make and just give it a try. You will learn so much. I promise like every cosplayer remembers their first cosplay um, fondly. I remember mine fondly. It's still in my closet, you know, mm -hmm. Road Camelot from like D Gray Man back in 2009. But like, seriously, just start. Um, and you know, honestly, if you need some encouragement, like find me on Instagram, send me a message and I'll help encourage you. Um, but the community is great. There are people out there and groups out there to support you. Um, and just, just give it a try because I love it and you probably will too. Amazing. Amazing final words. Thank you Thanks. very much for coming Coco Sugar Cosplay. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. It's been fun. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for Coco Sugar Cosplay. I hope you, the listeners, enjoyed it too. The thing I like the most is her reaction to suddenly thinking about what it would be like to be an old cosplayer like that. <laughs> I think she didn't think about that beforehand. That was great. Anyway, if you want more Coco Sugar Cosplay, if you want to go to her website her, uh, to see the pictures, to, you know, to contact her, she is Coco Sugar Cosplay. That's C-O-C-O-A, Coco Sugar, like Sugar Cosplay, C-O-S-P-L-A-Y. On Facebook, on Instagram, and on YouTube, she's Coco Sugar Cosplay on all three of them. And there's links in the show notes you can click on. On the next episode, our guest will reveal she is responsible for the origin story of another guest we've already had. That other guest had told us her origin story, but apparently there's something even deeper. So join us for that as we will follow another person who found the empowerment for the geekiness. Geekdom Empowers releases three episodes a week on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And if you want to contact me about this episode, suggest more guests, anything else, just email me at guy.hasson, G-U-I dot H-A-S-S-O-N, like nerd, at geekdomempowers.com. Check out our website, geekdomempowers.com, on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We are at geekdomempowers. My name is Guy Hasson. And if you want to check out my other podcast, The Squash Buckler Diaries, which is an experiment in epic fantasy and my own path to empowerment. Feel free to check it out. It's called The Squash Buckler Diaries. I will see you next time. And for now, have an empowered day.